You're listening to Full Blown Coverage, just another football podcast no one asked for. I'm Mark Sayer, and I'm joined each week by Andrew Irvin and Ken Menard. With the Seahawks falling to the Titans last weekend, Drew has asked for a formal apology for my requesting him to give me a formal apology last week. So I'd like to start the podcast with, Dear Drew, all I want to say is I'm sorry for not being sorry. I tried to feel sorry, but I don't. Sorry, Mark. Yeah, so you are sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry You're for sorry. not being sorry. To clarify. That was very Stugatz of you. It was very Stugatz of me. Well, Ken, you've got a story I hear. Oh, no, like no, man, I said generic toss. Ken, how you doing? And then that way I get a good reaction out of it. All right, rewind in three, okay. two, one. Um. Ken, how are you doing? <laughs> You're not going to believe this. I just found this out not less than an hour ago. That on this date, 12 years ago in Miami, Florida, I met Mark Anthony. Ooh. Fucking, if it wasn't for Facebook, man, I would and never have known. I, no. Ruby Tuesday? <laughs> no, it was an Applebee's. Oh, come on. Hey, so, <laughs> so no, but um, I was just telling some people, like my sales team the other day, like his name came up in our Slack channel. And I'm like, you guys aren't going to believe this, but I've met Mark Anthony. And then today, go on Facebook. Today's the anniversary. So we're doing, I think it was Jets Dolphins in Miami or, you know, whatever it is, Miami Gardens. It's like an hour away from downtown. Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony came to the game. They came to our production trucks. And all of a sudden I get a tap on my shoulder. I turn around and Mark Anthony tapped me on the shoulder, introduced himself. He's like, wow, what you guys do is so cool. He was actually really, really nice and was like generally, seemed generally interested in what we were doing. And that happened 12 years ago on this very day. Incredible. Hey, Mark, why don't you think you owe me an apology? (laughs) (laughs) What what would I owe you an apology for? Fucking cares. You asked me for an apology. Yeah, but why would I owe you an apology for asking you for an apology? Because they lost by one point? Yes. No. We'll get into this later on. This show is too Seahawks centric. Along with other overreactions (laughs) and underreactions to That was an underreaction. A parlay party, dumpster diving, and a new grab bag for cinema lovers. But first, your favorite legal blurb. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a lot of gambling. Instead, the information we present is meant for nothing more than informational and entertainment purposes. Full-blown coverage and its affiliates are not liable for any losses that are incurred or problems that arise from consideration of this podcast content. If you are gambling utilizing information from this podcast, you are doing so completely and totally at your own risk. But if you feel that you may have a gambling problem or addiction, there are many outlets by which you can seek help. If you do not know what responsible gambling is, this especially means you. Drew, when Mark was reading that, I was thinking to myself, where does he get the information from? Do they have like a revenue operations department or something that sends out like promo scripts and what the promos are? And during the downtime of our season, (laughs) is he going to get an email saying there are no promotions or sponsors this week? (laughs) For like half the year. All right. Yeah. No shit. There's nothing on. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) <laughs> I proved right. that message Here at FBC We not only tend to mediocrity We celebrate it But after two weeks Of NFL action Three teams previously thought of as mediocre Just two weeks ago Now sit atop The NFL standings at 2-0 The Broncos the Panthers and the Raiders Drew is this incontrovertible evidence that we live in a simulation? No, I never really know where to go with those sort of open-ended questions. We could go a lot of different directions in the uh, you can, simulation you can go talk. Anywhere you want with this. If there was a simulation with a musical world where we were talkies that sang and they like sang and communicated in musicals and just talked and like talking to them was like singing to us. I am sorry. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) 
a parallel universe, man. Isn't that what you were talking about? A simulation. A parallel. Well, no, a simulation is the Matrix idea that oh we actually oh, I live. Meant, in a, I thought that was like a parallel universe. I no, don't but know. I want to hear about that. your walkie-talkie parallel universe. What is this universe? Uh, wait, the what? <laughs> the Nexus? The what? <laughs> the Ooh. Nexus. Nexus. Where do you, you get these words? Hey. We better start talking football or That's we're going to get in a lot of trouble, son. <laughs> Drew, <laughs> go. I'd love to start. What I was going to say before I get into football, I traveled back from Cabo today with my child after staying six days in an all-inclusive resort. <laughs> I watched uh, some of the red zone on Sunday <laughs> while being fed copious amounts of tequila. <laughs> I watched the Seahawks game. So take everything I say today with a grain of salt. Take everything with a grain of margarita salt. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the Raider the Raiders could be legit. The Broncos have beat the Giants and the Jags, so I'm not ready to let's just pump the brakes on the Broncos and Teddy Two Gloves. But <laughs> hey, I think they're I think they're okay. They're not gonna be better than the Chiefs. I feel the same way about the Panthers. Like I kind of thought like if Darnold was good. Panthers might be kind of good, but like they're not winning that division. So if you mean legit, okay, yeah, the Panthers could make the playoffs and lose in the first round. So could the Broncos. So could the Raiders. That's kind of how I feel no. about all three of those teams. I I, I agree. Um, time will tell. Uh, they're a crapshoot the rest of the way, man. Um, <clears throat> the Panthers, at least they have a defense, right? Uh, the Broncos have a good, uh, good roster, but an average QB, like you said. Teddy can get them to maybe, I was going to say, nine wins and a, and a wild card. But in that division, the chances of that happening are, are probably very slim unless they get a better quarterback, right? But it's the Raiders that everybody seems to be talking a lot about, right? Two big wins in a row. Derek Carr is leading the NFL in passing yards, right? Um, a lot of – they were not expected to be good at all. Their uh, management came out, Mike Mayock, and said, We're, we need to make the playoffs this year. We're aware of that, right? But, again, with them, same thing, man. We're going to have to see what happens because um, John Gruden tends to wear his players out in the second half of the season. And I know that for a fact because I had uh, a source of mine in the NF- who played in the NFL. He told me that. He turned to us and he's like, John Gruden wears his teams out for a player. So, you know, he's just very, very intense. I mean, I, I, you guys know I worked with him for two years, but, you know, until the Raiders can show me they're a second-half team or anybody, we, don't, we have no idea what, what direction their season is going to go in. We can't trust them right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. I think the, the Broncos, Broncos' defense is great. Um, yeah. Isn't Chubb out? Doesn't Ch- uh, Bradley Chubb needs to get surgery now, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I mean, they've got the Jets this weekend. They're going to win that game. Um, but you know, the rest of the season, they've they've obviously got to play the Raiders and the Chiefs and Chargers, and you know, th- those are all games I think they could easily lose in division. The Panthers are interesting. You know, there's this part of me that really roots for them and wants them to <laughs> succeed because I like kind of seeing Darnold. You know. Get go to a new team, get two W's, and you know. Meanwhile, the Jets are sitting now in two. Um, mm-hmm. It's got to feel good for him. Obviously, you know McCaffrey is the best back in the league, in my opinion. Plus, we love to talk about the Jets' failures on FBC. Of so it really, just fuels <laughs> our fire. The Raiders. I mean, the magician looks great to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I for through the first two games at least. And, uh, you know, Darren Waller's, if he was on, uh, you know, the Chiefs, I think he'd even be better than Kelsey. So, yeah. uh, you know, when you add Ruggs in there, who Drew, you know, said has had started having some games, um, they just, they look good and they compete. And I mean, they're, they've beat two good teams. Yeah, um, they did. You know, yeah. Ravens and the Steelers, like you cannot take that away from them. I think they might be the real deal, and it will be really fun to see how they do through the next few weeks. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think they're kind of in the same, you know, same position as the Broncos. They're both the third and fourth best team in their division. Yeah. Interchangeable. Right. But interesting week for the Jets, as much as Drew likes to talk about them, though. Right. Zach Wilson, what did his what did his coach ask him to do? Hey, man, boring is good sometimes. Right. Very interesting to see how he applies that coaching and feedback this week. Right. If he comes out, you know, and he and he throws like three picks. Let, let's see. This is going to show us how coachable he is. I think it's going to actually tell us a lot how he comes out this week because he may have like three tip balls that are crazy and it's not really his fault. That's understandable. But I mean, if he's throwing, you know, into certain windows and not seeing other defenders and they, and they pick it off, that's, I, I, that's a red flag for me. If I'm the jets, that's a red flag for me. I'm not saying he's going to be a failure, but I'm saying cognitive learning, tell us to do something once we do it all the time. Not everybody's like that. Let's see if he's one of those people. Well, he may not have, you know, maybe shouldn't have been a day one starter. Maybe he should have been under somebody getting mentored. I yep. mean, you know, if he has another four interception game, uh, I'd start to be pretty concerned. Well, you're the second pick in the draft. You're expected to start in today's NFL. You're expected to be a starting quarterback from day one in today's NFL, right? All right, three. Trey Lance. Well, Trey Lance went three. He's not gonna. Uh, different background, different story. I think there's a lot of extenuating circumstances as to why. But those two, though, you're expected to start from day one if you're picked first or second as a quarterback. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see how he does this week. I, I think that's going to be going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, the new taunting rules were in full enforcement on Sunday with officials handing out penalties like Halloween candy for anything that could loosely be interpreted as showing up an opponent. This included flexing, spinning the ball, backpedaling into the end zone, and putting a fist in the sky as celebration for a job well done. Fans are furious and players are pissed, and it's all but certain that this will directly impact the outcome of a game if it hasn't already. Again, this is all John Mara's fault. How do you sort out this giant mess? So while you were saying that, Mark, I thought of something, um, I thought of something that I, kind of made me laugh. Drew, you may or may not think it's funny. Mark, you may or may not either. However, we were in college, right? So I played at Marist College for, I started in 1994. My last year was 1997, okay? Now, we're 10, 12 years into Miami, Florida State, all those teams being number one, right? So in the 80s, Miami did whatever they wanted, okay? The rest of college football sees that, and everybody else wants to do it too. I don't blame them. It was awesome, right? So during that time, the NCAA finally cracked down on that stuff. And they sent a video of the things we're not allowed to do. And they were explaining it in like, um, like they were a teacher and the most ridiculous thing, anyone who takes their hips and thrusts it at their opponent after the play is whistled dead will be flagged for a personal foul. Like it was shit like that. <laughs> and like, I remember there was this one, like it was like a Omega sign for fraternity. It was the Shaq Fu. Was it? I thought it was like an Omega sign for guys that were in like Alpha no, Omega. Was, or I think it was Shaq Fu. But they, they, the explanation for that was unreal. Like I have, ne I was never in another room like with my team on any team I was on where the whole place was like a hundred guys laughing hysterically at this video. It was unbelievable. Anyway, um, to your point, you know, I really think the only people that make a big deal out of this are you know the morality police and you know a lot of people who never really played. I will say, Ron Rivera made a good point. It's going to lead to more fighting which leads to more flags, which means to more ejections and leads to more suspensions. From that standpoint, yes. But do you think the players really, you know, really care? If you don't like it, play harder, right? If you, if you, if you don't care, then you're going to do it too, right? But from, you know, Ron Rivera's standpoint, completely and totally agree with that. But from like old morality police guy who never played football in his life, he's showing up his opponent. It's like, dude, it's an emotional game. You have to understand that these guys put a lot into this stuff. I, what, what, what I don't understand is what happened last season that made John Mara decide, like, this is out of 
out of hand. Same shit that happens every other season. There wasn't anything last no. season that I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did that. We got to take taunting out of the game. Your guy Golden Tate probably got tackled at the five-yard line after taunting somebody on his way to the end zone. Yeah. But I do think it's funny that for the for – the, you know I'm a baseball guy. For the first time ever, the NFL has a more ridiculous penalty than baseball. Like – now you watch baseball and these guys are like flipping their bats and grabbing their nuts and throwing their helmets <laughs> in the air. And like, and they can do literally whatever they want now. It's actually just kind of funny that like some of these penalties, this dude's literally flexing. I'm like, go Google yeah. like baseball bat flips yeah. right now. Yeah. And they're just staring at the pitcher while doing whatever, really whatever they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, the game doesn't police itself anymore, Drew, like it used to. So somehow, some football has gotten softer than yeah. baseball in the last well, two years. Dude, you can't you can't throw ninety five mile an hour heaters in his ear, and so the pitcher is going to get tossed. So can't they, <laughs> yeah. there's no policing for it. There's nothing they can do. The DJ Reed taunting penalty in the Seahawks Titans game was fucking ridiculous. I mean, he he didn't that even was, that was ridiculous. He got up and like flexed the way you would, where you would. You know, where you're going like, yeah, I, I just did that. You know, it, it was that's fucking insane. It, it wasn't taunting. It was celebrating. The problem you're going to have if they're calling it this tight is they're going to wind up calling a bunch of stuff that's just celebratory, taunting, yeah. and yeah. it is going to directly impact a game. And if they continue doing that in the playoffs, it'll impact yeah. games that matter. Matter. You know, here's – you know what would be hard, though, is like uh, in that DJ Reed call, you can't even blame the rest because that's actually what they're being told to call. Yeah. I, fi- I think that would be so frustrating. Like you think of your employer telling you to do something that's ridiculous, and then you know you're going to be the one that catches all the heat for it. Like you can't even blame the refs there. I don't blame the refs. I blame the rule. I think the rule is fucking dumb. I, I- 100%. I'm just saying like that sucks. It sucks to be the guy that has to throw that flag. I don't understand why it was changed from last year. I don't understand what didn't work last year. They were still calling taunting last year. They just decided to make it stricter, and now they're calling it on the most absurd things I've ever seen. You know what the thing is, Drew, to your point? I I totally agree. Drew, to your point, though, the ref is also on the field and hears everything going on between the two players – like these two guys may have like that. That's like, he's like, ah, you know what? Those two guys are fine. They're just having fun with each other. They get along great, you know, tough competitors, whatever. So like maybe a lot of times the refs would be like, oh, who gives a shit? The, the guy on the ground doesn't care. He's going to do it back. They don't give a shit. Like, so it makes it even harder to call the penalty when he's hearing these guys talking and going at it the whole time, knowing full well that it's just like two guys just playing the game, you know, having fun. Well, let me tell you guys something that I'm sure you already know and have complained about. Russell Wilson has a new idea to prevent ties. After 10 minutes of overtime, the teams would do another coin toss. The winner gets to decide <clears throat> decide whether to kick a field goal from the 35-yard line, which would be a 53-yarder, or make the opponent kick. I don't even know what I just fucking read. This is probably why Mark does them all. He has his like notes in here. Missed field goal is a loss. Made field goal is a win. Drew, is this a missed opportunity for the league or a kick it out needs to pass? Or a kick it needs to pass? <laughs> what? What does that mean? This is how you got to get it. Drew, is this a missed opportunity for the league or a kick that <laughs> needs to pass? Oh, I like I'm thinking pass like your pass right, offense right. is shit. Well, so, you didn't uh, write it, so you didn't know what to expect. Okay. Yeah, you did a good job. Drew. So, Ken, did that go as well as you expected? Uh, I thought it went fucking great. Isn't the comedy okay, cool. the number one reason for our show? That was yeah. somebody might hey, think that hey. was funny. As we've always said, comedy first. Comedy first. You're going to be fucking Um, shitty at your job. At least be funny. You have to be funny or good. Anything else is unacceptable. Nothing else is acceptable. (laughs) Nothing. Yeah. So I heard this idea that uh, Russ floated during that Manning cast, which I actually don't even know if this was his full idea because I don't know if you guys were watching during this because he was like two thirds 
of the way Don describing it, and they just cut to commercial break. So I think everyone just like assumed this was it. I didn't know if the other team got a chance. He never got a full time to. There were, he was literally like in the middle, and it just like cut to commercial break. So we're just gonna assume this is his idea, which I thought was really, really dumb to be honest with you. But then I actually thought about like how many games actually go to overtime and then spend the whole 10 minutes without either team getting a field goal. And obviously you, yeah. And obviously you wouldn't let this little field goal uh, trade off thing happen in a playoff game or anything like that. So I'm kind of for it. Like it happens once or twice a year and it would be freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, The only addition I'd make is to do the XFL thing where they put the ball at, at uh, the midfield and, you get to select a player from each team sprint towards the ball. And then whoever gets the ball gets to make the choice. That Instead would be of a coin thing. toss. You mean? Instead of a coin toss. Like let's put a little more skill into it. That's a good idea. Never going to happen. I, I was like, let's, let's do a potato sack race. <laughs> Whatever. Just a little more than a heads or tails. Okay. Here's Here's my thing. I, I like this idea that Wilson has. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, you imagine the guy calling that game. He'd be like, they're going to the potato sacks. <laughs> Wait, what if the sprint? What if the sprint to the ball though was actually not ten yards, but fifty yards? So you had a guy that started on each goal line. Yeah, it should be. It should absolutely be at the fifty-yard line. You should sprint towards. Takes it. the physicality out of it, though. Yeah. No, you. How about you can tackle each other? Well, like you can. You, you need to like two linebackers or tight ends doing it, or or the other team gets to pick who. I mean, would you want your fa- would you want your fastest guy because he gets to the ball the quickest? No, because the other guy's gonna the other guy's gonna crush him, and he's gonna knock it out. That's why DK Metcalf would win every single time. Tyreek Hill, but if let's say let's say let's say the Broncos pick Tyreek Hill, yeah, Tyreek Hill would be the best at that in the league for sure. But he could he also though if you put Tyreek, in, that's a you're very prone to injury in that situation. Yes. That, so that's the thing. Now, the other team has to decide. That, so let's say, the, all right, the Raiders picked – the Raiders – this is a good, better analogy. The Raiders picked Tyree Hill. Now, the Chiefs can go pick Henry Ruggs and make it like a speed fucking race, or they could be like, you know what? We're going to pick fucking whoever, and now he's – you know, it's going to be a little more physical. Like – um, they're, who's their defensive end? Max Crosby Wait, you're or saying, something? You're saying the other team gets to choose the yeah. opposing team's player? No, to get what you should do is a coin toss, and whoever wins the <laughs> coin toss gets the to choose team. the player second yeah. that's running to the football at the yeah. yard line. Yeah, they should have a home run derby instead. Everyone here's here's my only thing with Russell's uh, with Russell's you know overtime uh, tiebreaker idea. And to Drew's point, since he couldn't finish explaining it, I do think that if you did that, you should institute like soccer rules for like a penalty shootout with respect to the kick where whoever wins the coin toss decides to go first or second. If the first team, if the first team makes the kick, the second team has a chance to make it. If the second team misses it, first team wins. If second team also makes it start over again. And then this got me thinking, that maybe instead of kicking the ball, it would be more fun to have this be one offensive play, like a two-point conversion from the two-yard line, and they just keep going. You know, then you have college. That's college overtime, right? Right. Because then they have the, they have you have to go for two after the second one or something like that, right? But it would, it would be like college. But um, I definitely, I personally, that's a great idea, man. Why not? That, who ties suck? They suck. Yeah, they do suck. Yeah, but like Drew said, they only happen maybe once a year, twice would seem like a lot. Um, that it would be fun. God, I'd fucking show up for that. That would be fun. Okay, how about this? It's field goals, but they actually start at the five yard line. But offensive linemen kick them in like a a soccer shootout, so you get five <laughs> on five. All five offensive linemen get to kick a field yes, goal. like a true soccer shootout. <laughs> except yeah. your, except your worst, the worst people. <laughs> yeah. the guys, the guys who get their, their fucking 
ass kicked the whole game and their legs they came the best, lift the legs the best, off the ground. <laughs> the best part about it is the offensive lineman would have to like practice field goals during training. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I, I God, I'm totally for that. The amount of practice time they have to waste that'd be horrible. <laughs> No, it wouldn't, though. Like, what's it going to happen once every 10 years for your team? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, well, I guess whatever, whichever offensive lineman has kicking ability would do it. In a soccer yeah. shoot-off, there's, like, yeah. five guys that kick. Yeah. It's not just one. Okay, there you go. I was going to say, like, now you're, like, do you get, like, a leg up? Well, you're signing offensive linemen who maybe you're going to give a little to get the kicking part of it. <laughs> they need a kicking center. And he's got kicking ability. Hey, that's a great pick for them, right? <laughs> he played soccer in middle school. Yeah. I played soccer growing up till uh, I discovered football. And then they wanted me to play on Saturdays. And I was like, no, baseball's on Saturdays. Sorry. My dad even told them before they even like got it out of their mouths. He's like, nope, baseball's on Saturdays. He ain't going to do it. He won't play. Um, <laughs> nope. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up with soup and stew from week two overreactions and underreactions ken which pot needs to simmer and which pot needs a stir i'll tell you what i can go for a nice stew right now maybe a biscuit are you going biscuit there or a roll with a stew yeah almost always a biscuit for me well i think if a biscuit's available you always have to choose biscuit Uh, biscuits Right, I have a love affair with a biscuit. So, so, Drew, if you ordered stew at a restaurant, let's say you went to Cracker Barrel, you ordered stew, and they're like, "Would you like a biscuit or an English muffin? Like, which one? Are you, what are you going to choose? What bread are you choosing like for that?" Biscuit in the morning, kind of guy. Like biscuit, anything breakfast related for me is a biscuit, or like uh, anything Cajun related. But like a nice stew, I, I would, I'd, pr- I'd rather have just like a French roll, like a baguette. Baguette. A baguette would be good with that. I think he's talking more like a dinner roll, like a country roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either roll, any any kind of roll. I had, so I, my friend of mine had a side. There, she was I don't from even Atlanta. Know why funny, by the way. A friend of mine was from Atlanta, and her husband's from Philly, and they have a sign in their kitchen that says "Southern cooking makes you good looking." I'm like, as if Northern cooking is like, <laughs> no, just stay the fuck away, man. What would be Northern cooking? And that reminds me of that commercial. It's like, no fussing, no cussing. (laughs) (laughs) No back talking. We talked about that last year, the progressive ones. I think, however, the soup and stew part of the portion, part of the show, I'm going to go with underreacting to the Steelers loss to the Raiders. Um, If the Steelers don't find a replacement for Ben Roethlisberger, they're screwed, and they don't have one. They're they're in, they're in deep shit, man. He did not look great. Look, he hasn't been. He, he's been declining every year. That I don't think probably is being talked about as much as it should. Drew, I actually think people are underreacting to the Patriots right now. I think if they had squeaked one out against the Dolphins in Mac Jones's first career ever start, they'd be. 2-0 and right now. Um, their defense looks really good. And I think the Patriots are going to be a lot better than people think. And Mac Jones, to me, looks like the best uh, rookie oh, yeah. quarterback this year. And he was taken, what, fourth or fifth among rookie quarterbacks? Uh, so I think people are underreacting to the Patriots. Well, I'm going to go with over Drew. I think people are overreacting to the rookie QBs. Not that was mine. But, that was mine. Yeah. Well, check this out. So, like, like, like I said last week and the week before, Mac Jones is going to not lose the game more than Cam Newton was going to not lose the game or less. Right? He was going to give them the best chance to not lose. Right? So, Trevor Lawrence has 84 pass attempts in two games. Five interceptions. Zach Wilson, 70 attempts, five picks and a fumble. Mac Jones has 69 passing attempts, no interceptions, no fumbles. Good defense. Gets the ball out on time. 
Don't you think that's interesting that everyone is shitting on Zach Zach Wilson for being so terrible? But like, there's no flip side that says how well Mac Jones is playing. Yeah, they're oh no, they're talking about it. They're talking about it. But my thing is this: like, like I said before, I think this is this is a huge start for Zach Wilson just to see if he's applying feedback and being coachable and being able to be coached. We don't know, right? So I think, but I think we react to those things because the second overall pick in the draft is supposed to be expected to start now. I think part of it too, Drew, is that uh, like the lines Mac Jones is putting up aren't like sexy lines, right? I mean, even, totally. even with last week, I mean, he's 22 of 30, 186 yards, but no touchdowns, Yeah, right? And they win. They win, you know, 25 to 6. But that's – nobody's talking about it because it doesn't – you know, you're not excited uh, about the line statistically or at least in a fantasy sense because I think, you know, like week one, at least in like a standard league, Mac Jones netted almost like 15 points or something, and he only threw one touchdown that game. But then in week two, he had like – five and a half, six points, maybe, you know, in most standard scoring yeah. fantasy leagues. So nobody's certainly on the fantasy end that sometimes gets people excited about rookie quarterbacks. If a rookie quarterback comes out and starts throwing up crazy fantasy numbers and everybody's, you know, talking about it when the reality is he's actually making no mistake football. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, you know, handedly yeah. beat the jets. Yeah. Um, and it just, kind of falls under the radar. For well, you know, it's interesting because I, I looked up uh, <clears throat> Tom Brady's, the beginning of his career, and everyone considers him like a game manager type, right? Yeah. His first year, he had 12 interceptions. Then he had 14. Then he had 12. Then he had 14. Then he had 14. Then he had 12. And he never threw over 28 touchdowns. So really, like in, in today's standards, that's not even good. Right. I mean, that's eight years where he – you know, in 07, when they signed Moss, he threw 50 touchdowns. But before that, he never threw over 28, and he never had under 12 interceptions. Like, he was kind of just a guy. But, yeah, you know, he learned learned a lot, obviously, and then he had that season. So, Boomer Esiason said, if I had drafted all again, I'd take Mac Jones number one. That's a wow. complete overreaction. Like, really? Okay, go to their workouts. Two games. Like, Trevor Lawrence might be able to do all the fucking things Mac Jones does and be able to do them even better. Mac Jones went to the greatest coach of all time. Trevor Lawrence went to the maybe the greatest college coach of all time or one of the top five, three or five, who's never coached in the NFL before, a shit franchise that knows, has no history of winning, an awful fan base. They play have to play in London once a year because – the league's like, fuck you, you're playing there because you suck. <laughs> they can't even fill up the top of their stadium, right? And to say that, okay, Boomer, right. That is a complete overreaction. You would take Trevor Lawrence number one in every draft except for maybe three or four other ones since, you know, the merger. Because they always say since the merger. <laughs> since the merger. Again, talking about overreactions, and this isn't my overreaction, but listening to you say that. And then when I think about watching Urban – in these, in the post games of these games where they've lost, you know, yeah, does he seem like he's underreacting to just like everything, like even the job? Everything seems so like flat, monotone with him since he's come to the NFL. I'm like, do you, what is the deal? I don't get it. Yeah. Well, he doesn't, he's probably just doesn't want to say the wrong thing. So he knows that what he's under a microscope, right? And if he says the wrong thing, it's going to be taken 88 different ways, and most of them aren't going to be good. And uh, he's probably just doing a really the best job he can of just watching what comes out of his mouth. Well, my underreaction is Carson Wentz's injury. I think, I mean, first of all, how the fuck do you sprain two ankles? Huh? Finds new ways to get hurt. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's the first time it's ever happened in the NFL. <laughs> uh, I'd say if you like jumped off of a one-story building, maybe you could sprain both. <laughs> yeah, and land, and, and, and hopefully land landing in a dumpster full of fucking full garbage bags. I covered the X Games one time, and this dude like 
flew out of the arena and landed on his feet and he shattered both ankles. That's the first time. That's the, that's the only time, Dude, other time I've heard of that. If death is a possible result, I'm not doing it, right? Like, we never do that shit. I saw him in the bar later and he was walking on crutches. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, what happened? He said, I shattered both ankles and he took a shot. And I'm like, oh. Get back on the bike, man. You got to get back on the bike. Well, two sprained ankles to me means at least three weeks for Carson. Um, if that's true, I think it is very likely Indianapolis is starting this season 0-5. They're already owned to. They have to play Tennessee this weekend. Then Miami, where who knows what's going on there. But I don't think, you know, to who's backing up Wentz? Jacob Eason? I don't think he's making a play. Yeah. Um, and then they got it. Then they have Monday Night Football versus uh, Baltimore after that. I think that's an 0 5 run. And I it's think possible. coming out the gate, 0 5 is going to be a nasty situation for them. And I have to say, I feel kind of bad because even though they lost these last two games, you know, and Carson made a little bit of a run in, you know, before he went out in the fourth quarter against the Rams there, he put up plays against the Seahawks, you know, in week yeah. one, he didn't look that bad to me. No, he looked like he was able to do some stuff. Yeah. And you take him out of that, you know, out of that offense, they become like one of the most one-dimensional teams. It's going to yeah. Jonathan Taylor every time. Yeah, but what the fuck's going through your head after that second ankle sprain happens, right? What the fuck? Like, I already got one. Now you got to do it again? You know what he needs is a he needs a different shoe uh, yeah. apparel contract. Yeah, maybe. What does he have, Sambas on? <laughs> Showing up to the game in Sambas? No, foot joy. <laughs> foot joy. Like, I'm going to buy it, and it's this big fucking fiesta. People weren't I used to play. I used to play softball with Ken, and he wore pony cleats. <laughs> Spot builds. My overreaction is all of the Seahawks doom and gloom, specifically from fucking Andrew. I actually agree with you that it's not all doom and gloom. I think that... The Seahawks, as you talked about, have decided we're gonna all we're gonna do is rush the passer. We're gonna set we're gonna be deep on the defensive line. We're not gonna care about our cornerbacks. And they are a horrible matchup for Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. There are not very many teams that play like Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. But when you do commit to rushing the passer with undersized linemen that are quick and can get to them, Derrick Henry could take advantage of that the titans had a great game plan and i think mike frable does not get enough credit for sticking to that game plan i think derrick henry was averaging like two yards a carry in the first half and then the second half he just shoved it down their throat and many coaches would have abandoned that so i actually agree with you mark i do think that a um that that's an overreaction. I think that's a shitty loss. They were ahead 24 to nine. They were kicking the crap out of them. And then they just could not stop Derrick Henry, which many teams can't do. Mm -hmm. That being said, I still don't really like, I just don't see how the Seahawks are a top six team in the NFL. No. Oh, I think both of you are insane. In the NFC. I think they're the sixth or seventh best team in the NFL. Okay. Well, I mean, now we're we're debating over like a position of one. How good is Derrick Henry, by the way? Dude, I love watching that guy. You can make a case that he's the most exciting player to watch in the NFL because no one does what he does. I'm not taking anything from away from Derrick Henry, but I, I mean, look at Russell Wilson's stat line in the last two games. The offense looks incredible to me. I'm not at all worried about the Seahawks offense. I, I think the bigger problem, though, is is the penalties. And this is the thing that I will agree with you. They, they've had this problem, and they continue to have this problem every year. And at some point, I, I don't know what they got to do, but they got to figure it out. Because I watch every <laughs> single Seahawks game. When we lose, 90% of the time, they're beating themselves. They let them back in the game. 
Yeah, they did. No, they, they, they were in command of that game the first half. They let them back in <laughs> like they do all the time. Drives me fucking crazy. What are you, what the fuck are you guys laughing about? My favorite thing was when I played sports and a coach would tell me to figure it out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like dude, I'm trying to figure, figure it out. out. <laughs> you had a coach that told you, you that? Just, he shouldn't be coaching. You just said figure. You said they need to figure it out. <laughs> like, no. You say, hey, anyone be able to tell me to figure it out. Like, I'm fucking trying here, bro. <laughs> hey. Next time you go to a Seahawks game, bring like, that as a as your as your uh, make an oak tag that says "Hey Pete Carroll, figure it out." Like, like they would never tell you what they would never tell you how to figure it out. They just tell right, you to right. figure, <laughs> it, you need to figure yeah. this out. Yeah, and, well. can, and Mark could bring one that says "Legalize Kemp." Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, that doesn't make any sense. But I will tell and, you one thing. And I'm, this isn't going to be my pick for dumpster diving, but I almost think people, if you if you have IDPs in your league, you might want to be looking at Bobby Wagner. That dude has fucking thirty three tackles in two games. Wow, that says that says all you need to know about their defensive line as well. All right, it's time for our we hit two or three picks in last week's parlay, but that's not enough to partay, Drew. You're 2-0 on picks this season. Who's going to be week three? You guys know you can choose any game. Any game, right? Yes, right. I think right. that's, right. Right. that's the except, point. Except once you pick, then it removes the pick from us. Same. Ken, you're 0-2. You can pick any game. Yeah. You should be um, right. I have a winner this week. And it's – you said it. Right. Hey, right. hey, 17 weeks. <laughs> More time to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> He's the he's the Carson Wentz of FBC. Yes, exactly. I have two sprained ankles too. <laughs> you guys know what's crazy? Uh, home teams are sixteen and sixteen this season. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. What are road teams this year? That would make them also sixteen and sixteen. <laughs> yes. How else could you say that though? Like, you is there a way to say that? Like. The overall record is 16 and 16 of everybody, or do you have to say home or road? They won 50% of 32 games. You could, uh, maybe you could go, hey, road home teams have won 16 games this year. There you go. And road teams have won 16 games. Whatever you want to say, it's pretty surprising, which is why I haven't been super on the home teams. That being said, anytime I can get the Chiefs under a touchdown at home, going with the Chiefs versus Chargers. First, the Chargers, minus six and a half. Ken, what are you doing? I'm taking the Pats, the Patriots, minus three at home. I mean, yeah, the Patriots, minus three at home, hosting the Saints. Here's why. So, the Saints' third third and final preseason game against Arizona was canceled. So, they practiced in Fort Worth, Texas at TCU. They flew to Jacksonville to play the Packers. They won, right? Aaron Rodgers, maybe Aaron, maybe the Packers lost it more than the Saints won it, right? It's possible. We may look back at, at that, right? Okay, <clears throat> they flew back to Fort Worth. Then they flew to Carolina and got smoked and lost eight assistants to COVID protocol, right? Then they flew back. I mean, you, you lose all those assistants. They can't make in-game adjustments. Like, you're asking Sean Payton to make in-game adjustments, adjustments for 11 guys, Right? Pretty much. So they fly to Carolina, get smoked. They fly back to Fort Worth. Then they're going to fly to New England and they're going to play against Bill Belichick, who will probably find every single way to exploit them being away from their homes last almost month, right? And he's against a very injury prone, I mean, a very turnover prone Jameis Winston, who had one good game. But last week, 11 for 22, 111 yards, two picks. Right, so he's gonna. He uh, are we sold on Jameis Winston? I don't think so. Right, he's had a history of being very turnover prone. Bill Belichick will find a way to exploit that as well. So on top of that, as we've said, Mac Jones isn't going to make any mistakes. Although the Saints do have a good defense, um, and that is why I'm taking the Pats, the Patriots minus three against the Saints. Nice. Drew, I want to I put this back to you because 
it's interesting when, when we're talking about overreactions, underreactions, Jameis looked amazing week one and the Saints in general. Week two, totally opposite scenario. You were pretty high on Jameis. How are you feeling now? Uh, I'm not ready to like jump off the Jameis wagon. I think he's I, I think he's gonna have a solid year. I think he's going against some good defenses right now. And and as Ken just put up, they're up against it right now, playing on the road all the time. Coaches out. I, I still like Jameis. I think Jameis looked very good in week one. They play they were playing a couple of great defenses in a row. It's a long season. Now it's even a longer season with 17 games. Not ready to give it up on him, Jameis, after one bad week. All right. Fair enough. I wouldn't give up on him. I just I just think that the jury's still out. And if anybody's going to exploit a quarterback who's turnover prone, it's probably going to be Bill Belichick as well, if not better than anyone. Sure. And the pass defense looks great. My pick, I'm going with Tampa Bay minus one at the Rams. At this point, I'm taking the Bucks with a negative one spread against any other team in the NFL. The offense looks unstoppable. And statistically, they're a top three defense in the league through week two. Rams defense isn't far behind in theory, but defeating Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz are a far cry, in my opinion, from stopping Tom Brady, the human puka shell necklace. (laughs) And although I like the look of the Rams offense with Stafford under center, I foresee at least two Rams turnovers on Sunday that the Bucs will capitalize on to create distance in the game. I mean, safety Mike Edwards had two pick sixes alone last weekend. Yeah. Until Tampa Bay does lose, they're a must pick to win any game if the spread is less than three. In my I opinion. agree. That's a gr- that's a great point. Did you know this is uh, Tom Brady's Tom Brady's first ever game in Los Angeles? Angeles, yeah. Really? Wow. It's kind of kind of interesting. Did he play in the Rose Bowl his junior year or something like that? But he never he didn't play. Ryan maybe that was just quarterback. Maybe that was just an NFL fact that I saw. I don't know if it went back to college. I've got one more special mention pick too. If you don't like one of those three, I don't like the your pick. You don't like my pick? I'll bet you. Do you want to go on a side bet? Yeah. What do you? How much you want to put down? <sighs> just what my son. Your son? You just want to put down your son as yeah, a side yeah. bet? Okay. On the Rams. I'll raise him. His name's going to be Kyle now, and he sucks. Hey, hey Mark. <laughs> Mark, after we write that screenplay we talked about earlier, we could write a sitcom about Drew giving you his son, and you have to raise him by yourself. <laughs> Ashley's going to be so furious. <laughs> well, no, she might not be mad. You haven't told me what you're putting up yet. $100. Okay, Ash will probably be mad. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, value of a child. Uh, my my special mention <laughs> pick is Titans minus five and a half at the Colts or versus the Colts. They're actually in Tennessee. I I, I think Wentz is not going to play this weekend. I, I would be shocked with two sprained ankles if he does, which means Jacob Eason is playing. If that's the case. Their offense is going to consist of only Jonathan Taylor, like I talked about before. That makes them completely one-dimensional and super predictable, in my opinion. And I think the Titans are riding high off the comeback win they had against Seattle. They're just going to take that momentum and run with that. I I think they'll steamroll them. For my complete weekly picks, check out at Fullblown CBG on your favorite social media platform. We're back at the dump digging for treasure. Ken, what'd your grubby hands find under that tray of Michelina's budget gourmet? What, where is Michelina's budget gourmet? Is that a buffet? That's a buffet? No, it's like a like a frozen TV dinner you get. Oh, yes. You know, hasn't your mom ever been like Ken? Your budget gourmet is done. Uh, we didn't eat. No, we didn't eat that. My mom made like real Italian food. So we didn't eat like frozen stuff. Hungry man. What's that? Hungry this is man? the ultimate offense I have committed <laughs> against you then. Stouffer's. Stouffer's. What? You never had hung- you never had a hungry man? I don't think I've ever had it. Okay, next podcast. Let's all do it over a fine plate of what is this called? Michelina's budget gourmet. <laughs> yeah, okay. We can talk about our favorite sides. All right. So my pick. We'll probably be on a hell of a lot more teams after this week. 
but he was only on 22% on ESPN.com. And that guy is Derek Carr. That's my pick this week. Leads the league in passing yards, one interception, league high 93 attempts. Um, and again, 15th in QBR, 13th in quarterback rating. Against two good teams and good defenses. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge, man. That was big for the franchise. Yeah. He looks great. He's only rostered in 27% of Yahoo leagues, by the way. So, yeah, he's he's a great backup, if not wind up being a starter if you don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Already, I think. Yeah. Drew. Daniel Jones has also – Played uh, the Washington football team, which has an outstanding defense, and the Broncos both times put up 20 plus. Fantasy wise, he was over 20. And I think he I think he was over 30 points last week because he had 95 rushing yards on a touchdown on top of 249 passing yards on a touchdown. And so my only point is I when I when I recommended Rugs, who went off this week, by the way, and you should keep holding on to Rugs, and I recommended Rondell Moore, who went off this week, and you should hold on to him. This is not one of those picks. This is uh, Daniel Jones. If you have a tough matchup, Daniel Jones against the Falcons this week, he might rush for you know forty or so, pass for a couple touchdowns. And be a nice little stopgap if you have a tough matchup at quarterback this week. No, it's a, I think the Giants are going to win this weekend. They'll probably cover the spread, and you'll think, hey, maybe they're pretty good, and then they'll be shit next week. So against the Saints at home at in, uh, in New Orleans. Well, and and to your point, Ken, you also had Sterling Shepard as your pick last week. He had nine yeah. receptions, ninety-four yards. Actually, looked pretty good. Drew, you had great pick with Rondale Moore as you pointed out, seven receptions, one hundred fourteen yards, a touchdown. I picked Christian Kirk, who slowed down second week. He only had three receptions for 65 yards. But I, I think all of those picks are still solid picks to at least stash. This week, I'm going with Zach Pascal, wide receiver out of Indianapolis, rostered only 60% of Yahoo leagues. He might not have crossed 50 yards in a single game yet this season, but he does have three touchdowns in two games and appears to be Wentz's favorite target in the end zone making him good for an average of 15 points in standard scoring leagues. It is obviously true that Wentz has two sprained ankles, as we already talked about, and is easily probably going to miss a few games. But he will be back at some point in looking to improve the chemistry he has with his receivers. And with bye weeks starting in week four, I actually think Pascal could be a sneaky stash that you might need to start in a position if you have a wide receiver that has a bye coming up. Sneaky stash, like a cheap stash, like a cheap stash, cheap stash. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. You know what that sound means? It's time for our our grab bag. This week comes from one of our good buddies, Jake Rosenberg. Shout out to Jake. And it is name a movie that started out underrated, but is now overrated. Drew. I am on pins and needles for your take on this. It's so funny you guys were talking about Hunter S. Thompson before we started hitting record. Because for me, it's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I thought that was the most underrated movie. Maybe it's because I'm under some sort of influences when I'm watching that movie. But like, I don't think I've ever watched it like from start to finish. And I don't think it's that great of a movie. I just think they're like very interesting parts of it um, that everyone should watch, but then I just don't know if it's really held up. So I think the problem more is that it's not, a, it's a movie you need to watch once. No, like I could watch it every five years. If you watch it too much, it loses its luster a bit, but especially the first time you watch it, it's like, Oh my God, it's amazing. Totally. Totally agree. I guess maybe that's why it's become overrated is because once you've seen it, it's just kind of like, okay, I just needed to see this movie because it's very mm-hmm. unique. It does. It is It is a tough full watch unless you're using hallucinogens, which gets incredible. I've never seen it. Um, and Mark and I were just talking play about Hunter S. Thompson earlier. And Drew... As you may know, I was a Disney employee at the same time as him when he wrote for uh, ESPN.com before he committed suicide. 
sadly. Can I just give out three three underrated comedy movies? Yeah. Ken's going to agree with me on the first one. The other guys is oh, phenomenal. Maybe the, one of the funniest movies ever. <laughs> of, of everything, of everything that Will Ferrell's gotten props for in his life, like somehow the other guys has flown under the radar. Oh my That'll god! Never, never be overrated for me. <laughs> it, that movie is amazing. Second one, Mark's going to agree with me on. Jennifer's Body is hilarious. Yes, incredible movie. <laughs> it's one of the most underrated movies in the yeah. last twenty years. Incredible, for movie. sure. I also love MacGruber. I love MacGruber, MacGruber too. I think the show is about to come out. They finally turned it into a TV show. Uh, thank God. Those are my three three movies. If you haven't seen them, definitely watch them. I, I will say this. I will take the, the other tact because I just saw this the other day because Drew knows how much I like to watch movies with commercials. So it was on, um, it was on TV Turner Classics. Uh, Turner, yeah, it was like T- TMT or AMC, and I'm watching it. With with commercials. With commercials. Widely considered to be one of the best movies of all time and won the Academy Award for Best Picture. <clears throat> but I think Forrest Gump is completely overrated now. It's just too ridiculously not believable. And, and like, we know so much more about history than we did back then, so... All the history aspect was kind of cool and nostalgic. And now it's like, we have the history channel. I don't fucking need this shit about this guy. You can, you know, getting shot in the ass. Who cares? Like what is the most ridiculous little tidbit? Him, like running across America or Alabama football? Him play. Yeah. Him like being what he was and playing for Bear Bryant. <laughs> and, and just staring out into space. They give him the ball and he runs and the whole stadium's like, stop. <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. It's like it's kind of it's kind of funny. I don't know. I, I don't know. But whenever I watch it, I, I don't get the same. I don't feel the same way about it as I did when I was a senior in high school when it came out. I'll give you a question, and I'm not taking anything away from Tom Hanks because I do think he's a great actor. Yeah, he is. Can you name one single Tom Hanks movie that he is in in which his character? really has any character flaws where he's not just a good man. Wow. <laughs> wow. You're right. He doesn't ever. He's, I mean, it's, he, he somehow has made a career playing characters with zero character. Flaws. Yeah. Even in bachelor party. Remember he was like, is the craziest bachelor party of all time. At a suite in a hotel, there was a horse there. There was like chicks everywhere, drugs everywhere, huh? A league of their own. That's the that's the closest thing. Closest thing. You're that, right. He's kind of winds up being not great movie. There's a Netflix show on like how these movies were made on on Forrest Gump that I just watched. It was kind of interesting that they made the whole movie in South Carolina and like yep. the like plantation looking place that he grew up was actually right next to Vietnam where they like blew up yep. the whole forest. Exactly. Yeah. I, I saw that too. Saw that too. Well, I, I, I can't go into too much details on this for political reasons since I work in the industry. So I'm not going to name specific movie. I will tell you a huge pet peeve of mine, recent pet peeve of mine, with filmmaking or any movie with a stunt cameo or where the primary cast consists of real people that are not professional actors. This has become sort of a popular thing, particularly in the dramatic genre where they want to, it's a gimmick cast, right? Where maybe there will be one real notable actor everybody else is actually real people from whatever this world is that they're exploring. And I find it so lazy and annoying, especially because most of these movies wind up, there's no real plot. They wind up just being sort of like meandering through like 25 scenes of watching somebody who's tragic in America. And I'm just like, ugh. Like Ken? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, if they made a movie about my life, it would be fucking legit. Well, what would it be called? Yeah, it'd be fucking great. And who, and who would be your stunt double? 
<laughs> no, you know, hey, I will have somebody do my stunts because it provides another stuntman with work. Kenneth, 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 they were making a biopic about you. Who's, who's, <laughs> who's playing Ken Menard? Who's playing it? But should we save this for another grab bag? Probably. We're doing it now. We're doing it now. We're doing a double grab bag. That's selfish today, uh, huh? We're doing. You're, you're getting one answer to this, and then we're getting out of this pot. Who's playing me? Yeah. Uh, I think I'd have to play myself. I mean, nobody can do it. I don't know. The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock. Dwayne Johnson. I will make a note here to tell you that when Jake proposed this question, he actually originally had it as. Name a movie that started out underrated and became overrated, but is now underrated again, which I thought was too complex for us to discuss. But he did have a good example that I'll give him, which was the Boondock Saints, which I think he has a legitimate argument made there that it was sort of slept on initially. Then everybody came woke to it. It blew up. And now since it's been several years, people sort of have forgotten about it and it's underrated again. Well, if you've got a topic or question you'd like us to consider for a future episode, please email fullblowncoverage at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms at fullblowncvg. Drew, Ken, any closing comments before we sign off? I'd like to uh, wish a heartfelt thank you and a, uh, a very good night to Jake Rosenberg. <laughs> For being one of our six listeners. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. We'll never forget you. You'll be part of the uh, FBC family. FBC family forever. Might yeah. even get you some swag soon. <laughs> Immortalized now on season yeah. two, episode three. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Love you, Jake. All right. That's all we've got for today's episode. But tune in next week for more full blown coverage. Good makeup call there, Mark. Full blown. I love you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> I love you, Jakey.